finishing week one of uh, working from home, Gary and I spoke on a Saturday and he's been calling me on Saturdays when they have a, a second to breathe. How's it going for you? And I was like, Gary, I am struggling. I'm like, I am so missing the energy I get from people in the hallways. He's like, I am too. It's like, what do I do? He's like, you just need to have these jam sessions. What's up everyone? I'm Chris Ronzio, founder and CEO of Trainual, and this is Process Makes Perfect. Now, if you're just tuning in for the first time, this is part two of a two-part episode with Claude Silver, who's the Chief Heart Officer over at VaynerX. If you haven't heard part one, definitely go back and give that one a listen because Claude talks so much about how to be vulnerable and how to be a leader during these crazy times. So you'll want to start there. But otherwise, we're jumping in mid-conversation to me and my brother Jonathan's interview with Claude Silver that took place as part of a live series we did called Training with Empathy. This was an event we did with Gary Vaynerchuk's wine brand, Empathy Wines, where we interviewed top people leaders to talk all about the concept of empathy. And this, again, is part two of Claude Silver. So take a listen and enjoy. Can this business thrive without the owner? You've got to start putting systems and processes in place. If you don't use the systems, the business will break. We're always looking to buy back our time. You cannot say something once and expect that it actually is received. This is the way we work. A big motivation in that for me is creating a job for myself that I really enjoy. This is how you discover your vision. And this is Process Makes Perfect. Um, okay, so we've got a question here. You mentioned earlier on the stay interview, which I love. We do a, a, a welcome interview instead of an exit interview on why somebody picked us and, you know, and, and try to understand that. But um, this, the stay interview, what do you cover in that interview? It's actually pretty basic. So it's 45 days in, and then we do another one. Um, uh, what is it? At the six-month review, review mark. The 45-day uh, interview is very, very basic. It is, um, you're going to love this. Have you met your manager? <laughs> Has your manager gone over goals, roles, and responsibilities? Um, and have you written down your own personal goals? And this is something we just started. So it's literally, we want to know, like, have you met your manager? It's more than, yes, you've met your manager and you know where you sit, but have you, in, have you gone into anything? And has someone explained to you what it is that you're required to do? You know, because at the end of the day, like you will be reviewed on X, Y, and Z. So if you think you're supposed to do A, B, and F, you're completely going to miss the mark. And then that's just a bummer. Mm -hmm. And then, then we go into the whole like subjectivity of feedback and all of that stuff. So, um, so that's what the, and we just started this. I, I tell you, like literally we started this in December. Wow. It, it was just at a point where it's like, if I see another exit interview that I just didn't get to that person, I was like, oh, if I only knew, if I only got to that person in time or whatever. And was but the it, biggest risk somebody a month and a half in that just never got connected with the team? Yeah. And, and especially on, in one particular department, I would say two departments, but one particular where we're bringing people straight out of college or university in they're coming from a very specific culture, mm -hmm. a lot of competition and a lot of like, um, uh, you know, perfectionism. So one of the things that we, you know, it's okay. I'm not going to, I can't change anyone if they have a perfectionism uh, plate, that's, that's their thing. But we want to, we want people to know what the target is because yeah. 
it's not fair for us to move a target on them and then all of a sudden deem them a poor performer. And then that's a whole nother slippery slope. Um, so that's what we do in that. And, and it's literally three questions and it's really helpful. The other thing that, that uh, actually Greenhouse can do, and that's our um, applicant tracking system, is every Sunday it sends me a report of um, candidates uh, uh, survey that, that Greenhouse sent out to candidates. So I can see how we've done as, as interviewers. And certainly in this day and age when we're interviewing this way is very different. Yeah. I bet. So you mentioned performance. Someone asked, let's see, Adrian says, how would you recommend one approach an employee who is not engaged during this time and has been underperforming? I would thousand percent try to figure out how to ask them what's going on at home. A thousand and one percent. Because what dawns on me there is, um, what dawns on me there is, are they not engaged because they are living with five people? Are they not engaged because they pay rent um, for their mom and they're, you know, afraid they're going to get whatever it is. So is there something personal going on that they feel that they can share with you? And if not, I'd get someone in the, for us people and experience team or HR to, to ask them. And then I would just ask them like, you know, is this just a form? Like I would find ways to, ask questions that don't put any kind of blame or shame on them to see like what what is it that's not connecting so you know let's 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 be honest if you have a any kind of unseen disability that would prevent this flow that's going to be a problem mm-hmm. you know so what can we do in that case it's just like it's just like you know giving grammarly to people like myself that are dyslexic like we just need to be able to do that so then you're not judging me on my spelling. So these are, these are things I would really just kind of knock on the door and ask, ask them some, ask them if it's okay if you ask them some questions about their, their working from home situation. Yeah. So I, I know sometimes it can be challenging to open that door. You don't want to pry. Um, so is, 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 it, uh, is it just as simple as is everything okay at home? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, is everything okay at home? I think it's, do you have a setup where you can work comfortably? Um, you know, do you have enough Wi-Fi? maybe? Um, how has it been? How's it been working from home? Do you feel like you can get all your tasks done on time? Mm-hmm. Those sorts of things that are a little bit more uh, prescriptive than how's it going at home? Because I'm going to tell you right now, hey, I mean, it's great at home, Chris. I can feel like... <laughs> I get to watch Netflix every night, which is not true for me, but yeah, it's like, no, that's not the, I'm not looking for that answer. Yeah. You know, or, or let's be really honest. And this goes back to one of the questions Jonathan asked early. Hey, uh, Chris, how's it, how, how is it going working from home? I know that I'm really challenged looking at a, a screen eight hours a day. Like it, what's going on for you? Like yeah. get vulnerable, get real. Mm. You know, you, you know you set, yeah, you set the example. Uh, so we, we have a question here from Weston and this, I was just thinking about this around how you structure your department, right? You were saying if they need to talk to you or if it's somebody, somebody else in, in HR, like how, how is your department structured? Because throwing it all the way back to where you said the mission was to first scale Gary and then scale you, like how, one, how are you structured? And two, how do you go about scaling an individual? 
what is that what's that like okay so uh when i came into this role I am, we had like three people in HR and I say quotes cause I don't really use HR. Uh, and, and when I, when I accepted the role from Gary, I said, you know, I'm not HR, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to hire a strong team around you, which we, which we have. It took some time, but I immediately changed the name of the department to people and experience. Cause again, common sense is what really kind of like guides me a lot. And we are dealing with people human beings, and their experience in our world. From the minute they send their resume in to their last breath and so forth and all that yummy stuff in between. Um, and then I got help actually in structuring the department because remember, I had never done this. I was always told I was an HR person's dream, which was kind of not cool because how did they know? I didn't, how did they know? right? I actually needed Grammarly. No one gave it to me. But that's a whole other story. Everyone, everyone should have Grammarly. Yeah, I mean, I should actually just like do an ad for Grammarly right now. But um, uh, I consulted people in this world outside of the company in terms of what I needed to build. I did not know that they were called um, HR strategists or HR business partners. I didn't know anything. You know, so I consulted some friends that I had been meeting in the world and, um, and they helped me figure out the types of people I needed. So I knew I needed people that could, you know, do compliance and benefits, but I didn't want to be a no people and experience team. I wanted to be a yes. And we are built on possibility and, and, you know, Gary's an entrepreneur. So I want to be a yes and not a no. So I needed to find the people I needed, but the people I needed with the right type of the, the, the vibe and the texture that I knew could then scale me. And that's going back to the next question, which is, you know, how do you scale? How do people scale me or how do people scale Gary? I think I'm able to, you know, and I don't mean this. I mean, I don't mean this as a humble brag at all. I mean, Gary chose me for this role because I think he saw that, he and I have a very similar belief in human beings and we are optimists. For me, I need to make sure that I, the, the, those folks that are scaling me um, have a similar belief. I don't expect them to be identical at all, but that their values are in a very similar zip code as mine. And I, and I want to be able to trust them that they will go talk to Johnny and Sue and Sarah with that same type of care that I would. Mm. And so that oftentimes is that first line that someone on the creative team will go talk to their business partner. I love that. Aaron just chimed in and said, finding people who can scale you love that concept. And I think it's true for every role in a company, every leader should be looking for ways to support themselves to, to build capacity to, to make everything function better. So I like how you approach that. Um, we've got another question. Innovative Q human capital team says our culture was built on in-person connection. We didn't have a work from home policy prior to this as a leader of our people operations. I'm struggling to adjust to this new way of working because I'm too motivated by human connection. So what suggestions do you have to continue a thriving culture with now a different situation? Yeah. Does that person have a name? It says innovative human capital team. So this must be a, <laughs> if, if you, if you have a name, you have a name, drop it in the chat. <laughs> because I literally relate to you in such a massive way. I have never really seen myself as like a massive extrovert. In fact, 
I, I think of uh, like I'm an ambivert, but week one, coming out, coming, finishing week one of uh, working from home, Gary and I spoke on a Saturday and he's been calling me on Saturdays when they have a, a second to breathe. How's it going for you? And I was like, Gary, I am struggling. I'm like, I am so missing the energy I get from people in the hallways. He's like, I am too. It's like, what do I do? He's like, you just need to have these jam sessions. Mm. It's like, oh, so I call them 12 at 12. Um, and uh, I do at 12 o'clock East coast time. I sent, uh, first of all, I, I started with people that had been at the company for only 18 months and I started inviting them in. Um, I thought I would just get 12 people at 12 o'clock and we would spend like 12 to 15 minutes together. I'm still calling it 12 to 12, but I get about 25 people now. Uh, and we do the, um, we do the check-ins. We ask how people are doing, what's going on, what's not working you know, how's it been, so forth and so on. And that's when I do these icebreakers. And that's how I started this whole thing, which then I shared out to senior leads to take bits and pieces of normalizing a situation. But I start every single 12 at 12, and they're, sometimes they're not at 12 now, um, with, hey, thank you all for being here. I want you to know, like, this is purely selfish. Like, I missed you. I missed being with you. I miss seeing you in the hallways. I miss going to your offices. You know, I traveled a lot, which will be very different now. Um, you know, I miss jamming with you. I missed your laughter. I missed the kitchen. And so I started this because it's completely selfish. And then we go in and we talk, talk, talk. And then I end up by saying like, hey, if anyone wants to chat one-on-one, -on -one, hit me up. If not, I just want to thank you because I really needed this. And then, and that's, that's the truth. And then today, two people wrote me that I, I don't really, really don't, I don't even pass often in the hallway. Thank you so much. I needed that. Hmm. So um, the no name person, that's what my suggestion is. Use what you have to your advantage. Yeah. And so I put, I, I said, I started with eight, the, all, you know, I got a list of all the people that had been there for 18 months. And then I threw it out on the New York Slack channel. And tonight I'll do Singapore, like I was saying. Um, and really, I have to, you, you really want to have like 15 people or less because you want people to engage. And it's not, this is not an all day thing. It's 20 minutes. Yeah. That's a great suggestion. It's funny. Our, our, we have uh, two people on our people team and our, our uh, head of people is her, her name, Sasha, actually, which is a common word around your offices. Um, and she's the same way. Every time I post something, she's like, I'm crying. I like, I miss everybody so much. Where is, where are my people? So, yeah. uh, you know, have, have you, Chris sorry. or Jonathan, I just want to say one thing. Notice the way I start that conversation, which is vulnerable. This is for me, which by the way, I know it's for them too, but this is for me. And thank you for taking time out of your day to really fill me, you know? So I just wanted to stop there because it's really back to the question. Cause the question was, what do I do? I miss human connection. I miss it too. This isolation is grotesquely hard for me uh, in many ways. And I use that word, you know, in a big way. Um, so it's like, look, I, I'm right with you, man. I need this just as much as you. Hmm. It's hard. Um, or, or, or I get in the parenting group and I'm like, this is freaking hard. You know, so I normalize myself as much as I can, you know, which is a lot. Yeah. 
I, I was just going to say, in, in uh, one of the things that we've been doing that's been really fun in our all team meetings, because we're up over 30 people now. So when, when we do connect, Zoom has like this breakout feature that you just hit the breakout room and it just shoots, you know, it splits the whole whoever's on like your 20 or 30 or 100 people into like these sub rooms that are five, six people that can actually just connect for yeah. a time amount. And it just gives them, you know, five minutes to chat together. It's really fun. Uh, I'm going to do that. I'm literally going to just like spur it on them. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great. We did the same thing. It was a brand new feature and I just hit the button one day and everyone was thrown into these rooms. So it's really cool. If you're using Zoom, check out breakout rooms. Um, all right. Holly says, we've always been a remote team from all over the world, which has created very siloed teams. How do you bring the different clicks together easily with, a div with diverse remote teams So many uh, from so many different cultures? Yeah, I wish I had a different answer for you. But I, I, I literally do what I just tell you, you know, the 12 of 12s. And I don't, if I had to force the attendees, I would, I would tell you that. <laughs> if, I, if I was like, oh gosh, people from London aren't joining. Don't think I wouldn't add them because I would. But right now I don't have to do that. Um, but I am literally, you know, I mean, just taking people from different cultures and subcultures. I mean, the funniest thing happened the other day and I saw Corey Williams on uh, the chat. So I love you. Thank you for being here. And you'll relate to this. The other day it was uh, Gary's chief of staff's birthday, Marcus. He's been at the company. He, I think he was employee one, two or three. And I don't look at who's coming into the invite. I don't look at who's coming in until I start accepting people on zoom. And it was all OGs. Every single person had been there eight years or more, and they all came on because it was Marcus's birthday. And we had just the most amazing, like they, it was their party, by the way. If anything, I was more of the outsider because I didn't, I wasn't there eight years ago, only six years. So um, it, that's a, that is a very, that's a subculture. They all organized and they, you know, got on the Zoom together. Yesterday, you know, the entire Mondelez team, media team, got on the Zoom together. Like, so they're, they're doing these things, whether or not it's together in these small little, you know, clicks or micro or in macro. But I, I say, you know, if you have to force a little of it, it's, it's to everyone's advantage. Yeah. Yeah, we use this Slack plugin called Donut. I don't know if anybody that's listening has tried that before, but it pairs you with someone random every week so you can have a, a little chat. And that's another way, great way to encourage cross-team collaboration. Yeah, it's a great, great tool. Claude, I'm, I'm curious how you measure the success of what you do. Like what, what are the KPIs of your department? How do you measure accountability of your actions? So... Um, what I would probably normally tell you is one of the greatest ways I can measure ROI is retention and low attrition numbers that, uh, and word of mouth recruiting. That is an enormous way for me to know what the culture is doing and why people are staying. We're in a slightly different day and age right now where we're not hiring. So that's one way that it's very difficult for me to tell. Um, one of the other ways, so we do, we occasionally do pulse surveys. And then the, the other thing, and this is not quantifiable at all, is um, how busy I am. I mean, it's quantifiable because you can see my calendar. 
but literally I can get a, I can, I can get such a sense of how people are doing by spending a little bit of time with them and asking the right questions and intuiting and listening. Um, and then knowing what I need to do with that person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Jonathan, you're a musician. I have three people immediately that I'm going to introduce you to that you've never met virtually because you've got a breakout jam room and like Brian Chin, who's a creative director, not only plays drums every day, he's on TikTok every day playing drums. And I think you guys would jam and those types of things. Um, and again, it's not, it's, not, it's not necessarily quantifiable, but so much of what we do is qual. It's so qual. I mean, Gary is so qual. You know, I'm so qual. Um, so those are big ways. I mean, I, I, think, I think there's a happiness factor that I really go for. Do you measure um, like employee net promoter score or anything like that? Nope. We're just implementing a new tool, performance management, our first ever performance management tool called HiBob. We're in implementation stages right now, and that will allow us to do all kinds of um, markers and surveys and, you know, all that stuff. But we have been so old school. So old school. <laughs> Old school relationship building. I mean, you can't knock that. No, the, the text just going to help. Uh, let's see. Janeth asks, what are the main points or themes or questions you ask on the 12 at 12 at 12? Is it just a conversation just for fun or is there an agenda? So um, remember when I was, I was mentioning the rosebud thorn in the beginning. So mm-hmm. the agenda is always the thorn. They don't know that. The agenda in the 12 at 12 is to hear if people aren't doing well. What's troubling them? You know, is it that they can't have a break? Is it that? So the first three weeks, what was troubling people, uh, and I saw this also on Slack rooms, was they felt like they had to be attached to their screen and their phone 24-7. Because like, what else are you doing, right? You're at home. You have nothing else to do. Well, that's wrong. We have lives to live. And so I sent out, because every week I send out a, you know, hey, it's week six, working from home, so forth and so on. Um, so week three was, um, I said the hours, the working hours, that we work from nine to six. And, for, and then I said for working parents, just let your manager know that you're going to time out at 9 a.m., at noon, and whatever else. Um, I expect people to step away from their computers multiple times a day. Just tonight, uh, the email that we're going to send out globally is... Um, uh, it's called Be Still. It's a meditation company that is offering us 15 minutes of free meditation a day for every single person. Oh, so, wow. That's awesome. You know, I'm just like, you know, putting that out on Slack constantly. So many people have raised their hands to do, um, uh, someone does uh, planks at three o'clock, 15 minutes of planks virtually. You know, this is what the culture has done by themselves. But they do it because they know they have tons of permission to do it. There's so much, so much runway with what is possible for cultures. Yeah. So, so much of the the conversation right now is just about being there for people and listening and making sure everyone's all right and navigating these uncertain times. Um, How do you handle people development. So recommending growth uh, areas for people is I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's part of your coaching. And is it something that you've been doing lately? 
Yeah, so a couple couple answers there. One, uh, we're doing management training again. We started last week. So we're doing three sessions uh, a week, and we're also doing that in Singapore. And I keep mentioning Singapore because I don't want to, I don't ever want to forget that they're there, and I don't want them to ever feel like they're not there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's manager training 101, and then we have a leadership training that will start, that will start for directors and above soon. Um, we work with a, co- a coaching company called uh, Guided, and it's mm-hmm. coaching as benefit. The employee pays, you know, an eighth and we play and we pay the rest and anyone could sign up for professional life coaching. So that's something that it's anonymous. All I know is who's doing it because I can see just based on benefits. Uh, If I wanted, I don't need to know anything about it. It's not my business. Yeah. That's really providing an employee with real like tangible, like facilitation, guidance, those types of things. Um, and we're doing right now. We're doing um, virtual presentation um, pr- presentation skills training. So how to present to a client on this? Or again, very difficult to read a client's language, especially if you're sharing your screen. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. So we're you know the the thing about Vayner that I love, and the thing about Vayner that we're also moving out of, is that um, we will always be hackers to an extent. We yeah. will. So, you know, like I say, we have been old school for a long time. We're just implementing Hi Bob, which is going to change us in a way. Um, I'm proud that we're hackers. I've, I've worked at a lot of those other agencies that are very prescriptive. And for me, this, this works. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right, right on. Headspace is offering free meditation. So right on to Christy who mentioned that. All right, cool. Check that out. I love Headspace. I did that this morning. So uh, I think think it's a good, uh, good practice. All right. um, Any other questions, please hit us up in the chat or in the Q and a, and we'll keep it going with a few more minutes with Claude. Um, I I would love to know how you're uh, approaching the outdoors right now, because I know you have a background uh, as we've talked about in, in outward bound. And um, so so I'm I'm curious how, how you're, uh, dealing with that love that question wish i had a really great answer for you but right now what i'm doing when it's not raining here is i take my daughter to this like remote playground and we run around that is literally it i mean i'm on a lake so as soon as it gets warm enough we'll take the kayaks out and the um uh stand up paddle boards uh and taking walks i mean i do take walks and and it's really i'm in a very remote place so i'm blessed to be here and not in the city. And, and like I say, like I am breathing fresh air and there's, you know, a lake that I, I wakeboard on in the summertime. Uh, but uh, nothing, nothing too juicy unless you think, you know, pushing your, your kid on the swing is, is great, which That's I do. Beautiful. With, with, with the company, you know, normally with the company full-time in Hudson Yards, uh, being in the heart of the city, like how, how do you approach, um, fostering an environment where, um, you know, people can get out outside, out of the city. Like, do you, do you um, promote that at all within the organization? Well, I'll tell you what, we will be now. You know, um, we haven't promoted necessarily getting out of the city, but we have a, we're partners with ClassPass. So, you know, we, again, we try to offer our people things that at least will get them their body, mind, spirit doing something. It's up to them if they want to do that. 
but there's nothing that we have done um, as of late, you know, to like get everyone out and skiing together. You know, it's a lot of us. There's a lot of us. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm, I'm jealous that you've got swings. We our our swings are all taped off with caution tape that near, well, near yeah, our house. That's because I'm in the boonies of the Poconos, and there is no one else around. I think there's rust on the swings, so I'm. I'm <laughs> That's funny. Jonathan and I used to go to the Poconos on vacation when we were kids. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Loved like, it. Loved it. That was like the highlight of, of our summers was to go ride quads in our uncle's, you know, forest in his backyard. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm in Lake Harmony. Oh, cool. Awesome. Um, all right. We've got someone an anonymous said, uh, how often are you measuring employee engagement? What's the best ma- way to measure engagement during this time? Again, we don't have, uh, there's nothing that I've done that is like quantifiable right now. I think we will end up sending some surveys out, but as we've moved from like this triage and then, you know, and seeing people's responses and seeing the emails that get sent to me or sent to Gary about, you know, the thank you for the transparency and whatnot into this kind of test and learn, we'll, we'll end up doing that. We'll definitely end up sending a survey. One of the things that I did yesterday is I spent a lot of my day with the different um, uh, ERGs, employee resource groups. So um, whether or not uh, groups that for people that consider themselves uh, people of color. And so I spent time with each group talking to them about what they see, what they feel, whether or not, you know, the people that left the company, were they, you know, did they feel like there were, there, there were minorities in there? Did they want to see more minorities and uh, more diversity and senior leadership, all that stuff. So it's still very much hands-on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something that we are moving to. And I, and I definitely think um, uh, Hi Bob's going to help us. So but with, um, with eight, or six uh i mean i do talk to them all yeah Yeah. so so with the you know offices everywhere and 800 people and to not have got to that point yet right like is there do you have something about people should maybe stop caring so much about measuring everything like like should because everybody's asking about quantifying right quantifying results that we can track and measure should you stop caring about the data when it comes to people you know, I, I'm not going to say they should or they shouldn't. I, I'm, a, I'm a people person. I get a lot out of, I pick up on a lot of stuff. Uh, Gary does as well. I think they, there, there is a lot of truth to data, but I think that there's a lot of gray. And you need context. And how are you going to get context? Not in an Excel spreadsheet. So if you marry the two, then phenomenal. But you have to have both. You know, you do have to have both, you know. So, um, I mean, we do reviews and all of that. We score people and I can't stand, I don't even like that. I just said that. I, I, I hate that actually I hate often, but, um, reviews are subjective and, and, uh, I don't know. What, what, is, what is your review process like? Well, the review process has been by, uh, twice a year, biannual where it's peer review and um, we review people based on uh, what we call the honey and empire. So uh, a lot of the uh, communication EQ skills, we are actually reviewing people on. So how will they communicate and all of that stuff. And then the empire is whatever the business is of their job. So if you're a seller, um, you know, are you bringing in incremental revenue? If you're a creative, you know, have you done some big, blue sky thinking, those types of things. 
Um, and reviews are really tough because, and they're interdepartmental. So I'm finding out, I'm asking about Jonathan, not only from your managers, your line managers, but people you work with every day um, and even senior leadership. So uh, reviews are tough. They're really tough for me to swallow. Uh, I find that there are oftentimes people will use them as the one and only time to give someone criticism. And it's just mean. It's like, well, you had all year to just tell Johnny that, you know, you, you'd like him to prepare more before he goes and pitches a client. You don't have to just save that for, you know, April. Do you think, it's a question from Eliza, do you think that we should be delaying those kind of reviews, performance reviews right now when it's such a, 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 a concerning time psychologically? So um, we, April, we do them in April and October, hmm. which means we start the review process in the beginning of March. So we are sitting on 200 people who are ready for their review right now. Hmm. And just today, we've made the decision that we were going to go ahead and do them virtually. Obviously, we want to be in person with people, but we don't know when that's going to happen. So we just rolled that out today. Um, so we're going to give people reviews. And, you know, I, I, it's normally it's, I don't go through people's reviews unless, unless I need to or I'm curious. But in this case, I'm really going to just kind of like double click into a lot of the reviews to just see if, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky time right now. Hmm. So I don't want to coddle anyone, but I also want to be very careful on what we're saying. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, I think, uh, you know, such a big theme of this has been listening, you know, the, the just scheduling these things and whether you've got a formal software like Hi, Bob, I think you said, or we use one called Culture Amp. We used to use another one called Office Vibe. You know, there's a lot of tools. So whatever the tool you use is, whether it's just filling your calendar with meetings or doing it in some software, um, collecting the feedback and, and making your team feel like you're vulnerable enough for them to be vulnerable, I think is, is such an important takeaway that I got from this. Um, so I, I love this conversation. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really, I'm so glad to be here. And, uh, you know, next time in Scottsdale. Yes, absolutely. Come visit. Hey, thanks for listening to Process Makes Perfect. If you're listening on your earbuds, on a run, in the car, we also have a version on YouTube. So if you want to see this in color video with me interviewing all these great guests, check it out on YouTube. Just search Chris Ronzio and you'll find my channel on there. If you found this helpful, we'd love for you to leave a review or rate the podcast. If you found the information valuable, please share it with a friend, a family member, or anyone else you think could benefit from the information. Remember to connect with me at Chris Ronzio on all social media platforms or the company at Trainual. That's train U-A-L, like a training manual, everywhere that you want to follow us. Thanks again for watching or listening, and we hope to see you next time.